Hello and welcome to Pick That One Out, a weekly podcast trying to pick out the fun left in football. My name is Jack Murphy. I'm followed by my fellow co-host, a man that I assume, uh, like me, is tired after staying up uh, watching the Super Bowl last night. Will Varney. Will, how are you? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm very well, Jack. Uh, hello, everyone. Yeah, I am. Um, I am very tired, actually. I did, in fact, stay up for the Super Bowl. Um, I did fall asleep in the Ooh. final minute, so I didn't okay. see the tro- didn't see the trophy lift. Watched everything else, but it was a nice night in. I was one of those where I was like, I think I feel like for the Super Bowl you have to sort of go all out. Um, so I got a Domino's pizza in. Oh, nice. Um, had a nice glass of wine. I oh. really just sort of sat back and relaxed and. I woke up this morning um, and I was feeling really tired, so I thought the best thing to wake me up would be go for a nice stroll in the snow um, oh, okay. around London, um, which was incredibly cold. That's certainly yeah, I mean, that's, me up. That, it was ridiculous. That's almost expected from snow, I, I would I would have thought. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the you idea. You would guess so. A nice, a nice little you walk would, in the you snow. You would guess so. It's quite... Uh, a romantic thought of London. I, I like it. Well, the best way to start the day, uh, you say a stroll, I say a hearty breakfast. Will, what's on the menu this week on Breakfast well, Club? Yes, Breakfast Club is back. Last week, we obviously saw me take on uh, Laura Woods's shout of an exotic fruit salad. Um, a lot of difficulty in it, though, we did find last week, didn't we? It was yeah. difficult to eat, you know, as Large we're recording. Pieces. Yeah, large pieces, crunchy watermelon could pose a problem. So this week I've gone for something. I've gone back to drinks. I've gone back okay. to what I know. Easier. I've gone back to what I know. I don't feel like I can mess this up really okay. like the hot chocolate. So we can only hope. And also there's a little treat on the side. So this week, um, Paul Hawksby, uh, host mm-hmm. of Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport, um, he, is, he does love a peppermint or a green tea. Now, okay. I've never been one for a herbal tea, Jack. No, not me either. Um, but basically, once again, um, I've had a rummage through the cupboards of my housemates without them knowing. Of course. And I found myself a green tea lemon flavour. Now, this could be dreadful. This could go badly mm, once I don't again. Like the, I don't like the sound of that. It's to me. It sounds like one of those drinks that you have when you're like when you you're have ill. A cold. You have a cold. Yeah, it sounds yes. like a lemon sip. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So I mean, today I thought cold day, so might warm me up, but it could also go downhill. And then the little treat on the side, um, we have uh, here in our house share every couple of weeks. We have a lady called Alexandra who comes round to sort of clean the house, Shout do the communal clearers. Yeah, and um, she came on Saturday. And she said, I apologise for not coming for the last few weeks. Um, and bought a huge marble cake. Oh, and wow. I mean, this cake is like the size of the moon. Like, it was quite intimidating <laughs> to actually look at. Okay. So, um, I've cut myself a slice um, of the marble cake. And I do have to admit, I have had a nibble previously. Um, but th- this is where I'm now considering, is this a bad idea? Because the marble cake, it tastes a bit lemony as well. So I feel like mm. we've doubled up on the lemon vibe. Okay, can we get? Could, can we have a, a? Can we see the we cake can, for the? Well, I mean, I, it, I've cut it very badly for the and YouTube it's starting viewers. Starting to go a bit dry. Mm. Starting to go a bit dry. Oh, you can see the marble. Okay, effect. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll have a nibble on it. Yeah. <laughs> great uh, it is podcast. Going a bit dry. Great podcast content. 
It's going a bit dry, Jack. Okay, save it with a T. Here we go. Save it with a T. No, I was hoping somebody was going to heat it up a bit. No, it would have <laughs> been nice at the house. Save it with a T. Here it, we go. Wash it down with yeah. this lovely lemony tea. Lemony cake followed by lemony tea. Here's what we're all waiting for. The face doesn't look thrilled. It's very bland. Oh, it's a shame. You know, like how Gordon Ramsay says, like, it needs seasoning. And this needs some. Because <laughs> are we 0-3 I mean, th- then with Breakfast Club? Yet to have a, an actual good breakfast. I'm really confused with this drink. This is like me just drinking hot water. Yeah, that's... No, I can't what, taste it, anything. I don't see a difference between that and the lemon like? sip. Is this what they're supposed to be like? Does it, does it even taste of lemon? No. It tastes of hot water. Right. It, it's n- it's. It I mean, I'm. But you know, it's an easy. It's an easy one to wash down that dry okay. cake. So maybe we have found a it's, good I mean, combination it's, somewhere. You've not broke down yet, so I'm guessing it's a step above the Maltese's hot chocolate as well. That was a disgrace. We can't go back to that level. We have to keep pushing forward on Breakfast Club. We can't go back. We can't go back. Okay. But yeah, le- we've gone with a lemon vibe today. We'll see how it goes. Well, why don't we move forward then into the big game of the weekend? Uh, Liverpool won. Manchester City. Four at Anfield. Now three league losses in a row at Anfield for Liverpool after going sixty odd uh, without losing. It felt like I'm not sure if you felt this, Will, but in the in the first half and start of the second half, it felt like every other Man City Liverpool game, quite tightly contested. Uh, a couple penalties, Man City missed theirs, Liverpool score theirs. It felt like I was watching a repeat of the one earlier in the season. Honestly. Uh, with uh, Gundogan uh, taking the place of Kevin De Bruyne. Um, and then the second half happened, and Pep Guardiola showed why he's such a legend of the game and an, an innovator of the game, and he showed that by going 4-4-2. <laughs> yeah. He put the wingers uh, out wide, and he had like Bernardo Silva and, and Foden, I think, almost as two false nines next to each other, with mm. uh, Sterling and Mahrez, just so they could stop Alexander-Arnold and Robertson doing anything out wide and it worked perfectly. Liverpool created so little in that second half and City were able to to go and do their own thing with help from Alisson. What on earth was that performance from, from yeah. arguably the world's best goalkeeper, Will? Well, let's keep the lemon vibe going and say it was sour nice. lemons. Uh, I like a little, the nice little gag to kick us yeah. off there with the football chat. No, for me, um, well, you, I mean, if you if you watch the Sky Sports coverage of the game afterwards, when they're sort of when they're going to the ad break after the game, Liverpool are lost. That classic, like that punchline of oh, Allison Blunderland. Who's thought man, of that? Give him a raise. Whoever I couldn't I couldn't Brilliant. work out the time. Couldn't work out the time whether it was the best one I've seen or the worst. But I liked it. I think it's good. I've thought about it. I think it's really, really good from him. I've got a quote from from Steve McManaman, who okay. uh, um, obviously it was a Sky game, so he wasn't on the commentary. But this is from PLTV. Uh, he made the comment saying the goalkeeper has possibly had the worst game that anyone has seen in the Premier League. I feel like that might be pushing it. Surely we don't have to look too hard to find a, a keeper to have a worse performance than that. No, I mean, individual performance, though, I suppose the, the difference with Alisson is you make one mistake and usually you, usually they look a bit nervy, but there's there's nothing again. And he went again and, and he looked. It was one of those, it was a complete capitulation. You can just imagine in his mind, they get back into the game through that dodgy Salah penalty in my eyes. We'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk about that in a sec, yeah. They, well, we, they get back into it through that. So already, City had looked really strong in that second half. 
they get a lifeline, they're back in it. And then just a simple error such as that, just to gift the ball away. And you're thinking, oh my God. And then he does it again. And he it's, looks shaky. I think that's the thing. It was it was two mistakes within like three minutes. And arguably he's done poor for the first goal as well, where he's pushed it straight to Gundogan. But also in the in the sky coverage, you have that you have that bit of Gary, ne- um, sorry, Jamie oh. Carragher, where he's like, oh, <laughs> like he, he's freaking out. But and that wasn't even when he made a mistake. He was just looking nervous on the ball. And for such, I think that what everyone's so surprised about is. It's a goalkeeper who's not really made a mistake yet no. since coming to the Premier League. He's known for being so consistent and deliverance and and being so and almost being a safe player. You don't yeah. you don't worry about Allison. And then in such a big game, but Jack, I have to say I don't know about this, but everyone was billing this game as a title decider. Mm-hmm. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but after that game, yeah. Um, three points behind were Everton, who have two games in hand on Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, after beating Sheffield United, and now just one point behind Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So why now it's almost changed? Now it's gone from Liverpool being title challengers after that, before that game, to well now they're in a top four battle. Yeah, and it's like either that's the craziness of the league, or people were overhyping this Liverpool team, especially after those two defeats they had to Burnley and Brighton. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't think we have a leg to stand on here, Will. We were here last week, one week ago, saying well, nah, two big, sure. two big wins for Liverpool. They're right back in the title contention. Uh, did I say that? Right. I don't I'm pretty sure we both that. said it. I think we both mm, said it. You, you might have, not me. I, I'm pretty sure two weeks ago you had Liverpool as title favourites. So mm, uh, we'll have to look back through the archive <laughs> on that one. Let's <laughs> move forward, move forward, move forward. <laughs> okay, we um, don't. Okay, uh, here's the thing: if Liverpool won that game. They would have been four points behind City. Yes, City have a game in hand, but four points in a league like this season's gone uh, is is so easy to to come back from. Now a loss means it's ten points. So I think I think that there was definitely reason to to call this a title decider almost. I think I and you know I it's it's hard because you don't want to write teams off. No, especially right now in February, you don't want to. But looking at this. I thought Liverpool in January, and I said this yesterday to a friend of mine, Liverpool fan, and I, I don't. It must be the whole feeling amongst Liverpool fans right now. You knew for two months before the transfer window that you needed a centre half. You had so the injury problems were stacking up for you, especially in that position, to the point where you've had to put both of your midfielders in to sort of just to just to sit in there and just do a job. Now you're looking at it, in the January window. On deadline day, they take and in that month they leave it to the last day to get one player in on loan and a guy in for two million from Preston. Now that's a pan that is a panic buy all day long. Now for a team of Liverpool's stature and what they've achieved in recent years, why on earth would they just not pay the money for a centre half? A, a, a centre half who could do a job, who is proven that he can play at Premier League level. Because if he's if Klopp isn't going to play. Both of those new signings at centre half, and he's going to stick with his midfielders there. That is a lack of trust all day. He clearly yeah. doesn't trust them in in a game like that. So what's the point of bringing them in? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like it's a vicious circle. I think FSG are thinking that if they bring in a new top centre back, then now you've got an issue of, of uh, squad happiness when Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip are all back, uh, and you've got to to pick two but of them as a regular stars. I know, and I know, but then. 
then they think, okay, if we can hold this out for a month or so, and then Gomez can come back, for example, get Matip back, and, and that will be enough for us until Van Dijk's back. And then they realise, oh, wait, it isn't. We've just lost to Burnley and Brighton. This is more than the defence being hurt. Henderson being in the defence because of it is hurting our attack. So on and so forth. The fullbacks and don't think, have the support I th- either. I think, ma- I think a lot of people are making Thiago a scapegoat, personally. I, I agree, I agree. Making, a lot of people are saying, oh, he slows down the attack. He's the new guy on the block here who's joined the team. And because he's the new guy who's come into the team, it's like, oh, well, we, we weren't playing like this before he joined. So, it, it, you know, he slows down the play. I don't think that's a, that at all. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. When you're playing players such as Henderson and Fabinho at centre-half, when they would be, they, they do well at centre-half, they're doing, they're doing everything they can, but their position is the midfield. If you put them with Thiago, that strengthens the attack. And then you need players like Firmino, for example, to step up. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of talk about him this season. I know um, he grabbed a, he grabbed a goal against Spurs a couple of weeks back. But you, you've got it. You, you're the striker for Liverpool. You have to actually improve this attack. Mo Salah at the minute is doing it all on his own. Yeah. I, I, I mean, here's the thing. I've seen... People like I think Roy Keane, Roy Keane said it in the in the post match. He said if you play like that, you won't win a title for another thirty years. And people are too quick to to write these lot off uh, with the yeah. amount no, of no, injuries no, no, they've had this season. If they have a full strength, obviously there's worries now about who stays in the summer. People could leave to to a new challenge in yeah, in, in yeah. the summer if they can keep. Close to the the team they've had when everyone's back fit, there's no doubt that they can they can easily challenge oh, for the league again next 100%, 100%. season. Hundred percent, hundred percent. They they just have to. But then, but now the issue is for me, you can't let this snowball and you can't turn yeah. this into falling out of the top four because that's such a huge ramifications that's after after winning the league. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And we've and we've talked about Liverpool yesterday. How it wasn't good enough. Issues that that have led to it and 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 were caused during the game. But we have to give credit to Man City. I thought they played so, so well in that second half. Mm. Uh, Phil Foden, I have to shine the light on. He was absolutely incredible in that game yesterday. I, I, I just, I don't know what to say about him anymore. I feel that we can't group him in as this the best young player anymore. We have to just group him in with the best in the league. He's that good. Well, and do you know what? For me, it a lot of people have been saying... When Phil Foden sort of was being scout, uh, being touted as this, you know, this huge talent for England in the coming years, so many people were talking about him and how Pep Guardiola was managing him, whether he was, you know, good enough to um, really step up at City level, whether he needed to go out on loan, things such as that. When Phil Foden was being managed by Guardiola, all of these questions were arising, and then all of a sudden, you look at it and you think. Now, look at the player that he is. Maybe Guardiola did do the right thing when so many people were saying, why isn't he going on loan to the championship? Why isn't he seeking a move? Now you look at him and you've got, you've got people saying, you know, he's a hundred million, two hundred million pound player. You know, in the current market, can you really disagree with that? I don't know. He is, he is an incredible talent. And you look at the array of midfielders that England have, especially coming up for the Euros, for example, there's such an array. Yeah. You have to say he's a starter. You have to say it because he's that good. I mean, like I said, there's so many to pick from. But um, I've got, I've just got this idea infatuated in me that I want to see 
uh, Grealish, Foden, and Saka as like the three uh, behind whatever striker's playing, in, in, at least in a friendly or something. I just want to see them play together. Kao Saka, game. where you're dreaming. You are. You are. What? You've what? Been dreaming then. You're you're dreaming if you're thinking Bakayo Saka is going to be start is going not to even for a friendly not even for not even for one friendly no. he's not no. getting in no we'll agree to disagree you can do a whole you can do a whole you can do a whole pod episode on that <laughs> I'm sure you can do we will. a whole pod <laughs> the, the, I'm sure we will no, when it comes when it comes to Euro time do you not think he gets on the plane then um I think he gets on the plane but it's you know, a twenty-three man squad is Bakayo Saka going to really get in it above the likes? You know, think about the people who's going to be playing on the wing. You know, the likes of you know, uh, you've got Rashford, you've got Sancho. You know, look at people like you could you could say who's playing better at the moment, Harvey Barnes or Bakayo Saka? Bakayo Saka. You tell me. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't do this, chat because the, yeah, we'll end up going player. into a two-hour. Okay, podcast. we will hold not... it. We'll say. I mean, we've got a few months. <laughs> time, the out, Euros, time out. Time but... out. <laughs> We've got a few months to the Euros. We'll save that talk for when we get... We'll cross yeah. that bridge when we get there. Yeah. Um, because we've still got plenty to talk about from this week. Much like a, lot uh, a record breaker. Manchester United 9, Southampton 0 in the week, uh, last week. Southampton losing 9-0 twice in two seasons, which as a team mm. that isn't threatened by relegation, realistically, is... Absurd! It's terrible. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, I mean, Alex Alex Jankovic got sent off in the second minute. It would have affected yeah. a lot. Even with ten men for ninety minutes, you shouldn't be losing nine nil. Nine nil. How many how many times have we seen a team go te- to ten men? Do they capitulate and lose nine nil? No. The thing is, it's happened to Southampton before. I remember watching that game against Leicester when it happened last season, and it was just it, it was dismal to watch. It was embarrassing. And you must have thought, I think Ralph Hasenhutl must have thought, not only I'm going to lose my job, but this will never happen again in my career. Didn't lose his job. Southampton have stepped up this season. They've you know, got, you know, know, done really well at times. They were in the top four at one point. Top of the league at one point. To, and, you know, December time, they're around pushing top four. Slipped off in recent weeks. But that, you cannot blame that young player. You know, he gets sent off in the second minute. Yeah, absolutely. You shouldn't be doing it. It's a clear red card. You know what? What are you doing on his debut now, the, as well? How does that go? On his is debut, that, it's just pumped up with adrenaline too much. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of dodgy stuff. I've, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen some real. I don't. Asking, yeah. Allegedly, he's uh, allegedly. We don't allegedly. want the, the lawyers on us. Allegedly, <laughs> th- this is a kid that's asked for his, uh, a transfer request in in recent times. It's been rejected, and people are saying there's foul play going on. That's all alleged. That's all hearsay. Well, we did media law, so glad we studied up in that. We don't. Yeah. The last thing the pick that one out podcast needs is, it, is episode is five, the lawsuit, <laughs> and we we Live have a, from Crown Court. <laughs> We have our we have our lawyer on with us to discuss how we're going to get out of this lawsuit. No, they should not have been capitulated. And to lose nine nil, it. I mean, if you're Ralph Hasselhoff, you must be thinking just again. I don't know if you saw there was that Twitter account set up. Yeah. Of has the nine nil been mentioned? And they all thought the, the game before the, this, All thought the game. It was before. oh god, please don't not again. <laughs> Now it's has it yeah. Now it's have see. have either of the nine nils been mentioned? Yeah. Oh no. It's it's 
it's it's shocking from a Southampton fan. It must be just embarrassing because, like you say, they are not a team who is in threat of getting relegated. They've looked solid at times as well. That right there is just like I say, a capitulation. They can't. It, it was embarrassing. What makes it worse is Ralph Hasenhut. Ralph Hasenhutl. He's one of my favourite managers in the league, and I think he's one of the best managers in the league. And he's he's carried this team that can barely field eleven senior players right now with all their injuries. He's carried them into this like for for a lot of the season a European fight. Now it's going to be a case of finishing as high as they can, probably top half the aim now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if Hasenhut was not there, that result could easily drag this this team into a relegation fight. And because also what we have to mention is afterwards. They've gone into they've they've gone and conceded three to Newcastle at the weekend. Who does that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and and some of the goals for in that Newcastle game as well. I mean, there's um an, another goalkeeper. Well, clearly Alex McCarthy fancied, um, you know, previewing Allison's um cock ups by um delivering a poor pass of his own, uh, for that third goal. But the, for me, a lot of people as well were saying, you know, Ralph Hassan who's all, oh, he, he should get the Spurs job. Chelsea should have gone for him. You have these people, you know, rumouring all this. They've gone very, very quiet <laughs> after that 9-0. They've gone into hiding the, the Hassan Hootl fans. And especially, yeah, after a 3-2 loss to Newcastle as well. Yeah, a bit of a, a real poor run for them at the moment. And like you say, from the sort of people going... It, but this was expected. Everyone said they're not going to finish top four. Even though they're up there, they're always going to drop off. This is what we're seeing right here. Yeah. The, like you say, like the Liverpool... You can't let it snowball because once you do, you know you've undone all that good work. Yeah. Um, there's a there was a couple. Actually, we'll save that because we're going to link all. There's a lot of VAR to go through there's this week. There's not a little. There's a lot. There's, there's a lot of VAR little, to go through. Um, so the only other thing I want to mention from this is, I mean, we've talked. There's a nine nil here, and we've not talked about United one second of it. Um, and the reason of that is they've gone on to play Everton at the weekend dominate the game and just as United think oh we're good again here we are they have goalkeeper a bit of a howler awful defence 95th minute equaliser to draw 3-3 in a game they've conceded four shots in it's so very United isn't it yeah it is and we've been talking obviously the goalkeepers this week have, have really mm. struggled um, both Olsen for I thought Scott McTominay's goal. Yes, I don't know. That was a weird it's dive. Like, yeah, it's almost like he thought he was going to save it with his head. He just sort of kept his sort of hands in like a like a T Rex. He wasn't outstretching them whatsoever. It was really bizarre to watch. And then the De Gea. There's been numerous questions raised about De Gea over the last couple of years. And I remember I always felt like the down his you know his that downfall of his. Where people question him started, um, I think it was at the World Cup in 2018. Yeah, I don't know if you remember for Spain, yeah. he had that sort of. It was Cristiano Ronaldo had a shot from about 30 yards, he just let it slip through his hands. From there, he went on to have a quite poor season for United. People question him, and that's not going to do him any favors. There were two goals I thought that were his fault. That Decore one where he just palms it out. It's soft hands, isn't mm. it? Literally, could have been wearing oven gloves. <laughs> And literally, right to Decore's feet, easy tapping. And then that third one, you know, so many people talking. I've heard people talk over the last few days. Um, I remember David James was on TalkSport yesterday. And he was saying about sort of De Gea's not known for his bravery as a goalkeeper. 
I completely agree. You've had, you saw it in the Champions League this year against Leipzig, where you saw him sort of really tentative. Should I go all in? Should I stay? And it was exactly that yesterday as well. He was almost waiting around, not sure what to do. Didn't go towards Calvert-Lewin and properly go all in. And I suppose that's the thing as a goalkeeper. You, you, I Trust me, I'm, I'm not David James. I'm not Jordan Pickford. I played one goal. Uh, I played one game for the Ulster Grammar sixth form in goal, and I got a clean sheet and an eleven nil win. So I mean, look, maybe I know my credentials, but at the same time, you've got to you've got to run in ninety fifth minute with the, you know, you know, like you said there, Jack, three two, go to the ball and just collect it. You've got to dive at his feet. You, it's your job. Yeah, I mean, you sound very Roy Keane with the it's your job at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's your job. Well, I know obviously. Sick to death of this goalkeeper. goalkeeper. With my goalkeeping experience, clearly. Yeah. Um, okay, it's time, Will. Uh, for the first time, we're going to bring Varney's VAR roundup in. I yeah. think this this will be a thing whenever uh, a week a week comes by where so many VAR decisions have caused controversy that we have to group them all together well, in this- one segment. Jack, this is the thing. We said when we were starting this podcast, we came up with ideas for sort of features, weekly things we could do. Yeah. And we mentioned this Varney's VAR roundup, and I thought to myself, mm, could be quite dull, especially if there's only like one in a weekend. Mm. Like you know, it's no, 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 they, no, 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 no. The Premier League this week decided let's go all in here. And, um, we, they and really they realised the that goods. we needed we needed content. We that needed was... content to start it up. And here we are. Okay, let's. Um, what we're going to do a quick roundup of each one, and I want a yeah, yes, with them, Jack. yes or no for me from both of us as to uh, a whether it was the correct decision. B if not, what the correct decision would be in our eyes. Yep. Okay, staying with that United Southampton game, um, the Bednarek red card and penalty. Uh, eventually rescinded uh, from it was Mike Dean's decision. Martial goes Shocker. down very, very easily. In my opinion, it's a yep. flat-out dive, um, which is absurd at six 0 up. <laughs> yeah, thing to yeah, die. Is proper against proper ten men off, isn't against it? ten men making it nine men. Um, Will I think this one's pretty clear. I think the FA agreed in the end. Well, yeah. I mean, they saw the light. Wow. I mean, the Mike Dean should have seen the light by looking at that monitor. Uh, I think it was Lee. Was it Lee, who was on the VAR? Was it Lee VAR, Mason? You know, was it Lee Mason? It might have been Lee Mason. It might have been. Goodness me! I know. I know it was um, Lee Mason and um, Mike Dean it again Ma- the weekend. Yeah, I don't know if it was the um, same combo. But no, Mike Dean looking at that monitor. I don't care who is in your ear. You look at that monitor and you see that is the slightest. It's a dive, the contact, and then not only. Not only there is he sending him off, given the penalty. No, a hundred percent, not a pen, not a red card. It's a dive. Completely agree. It was Graham Scott on the VAR for that one. Oh well, they're all really good, aren't they? So, <laughs> um, also in the same game, um, the only offside controversy, the real offside controversy of the week, Che uh, Adams offside. The image did uh, did rounds on Twitter, um, saying how can this be given offside. Uh, and what's made difficult with this new ruling of um, the the shirt, the, the shirt sleeve, is now considered a scorable part of the arm and up. When players are now in the in the winter months wearing uh, the long sleeves underneath, uh, 
it's it's making things tougher. Offside, I'm more. I mean, I'm sympathetic when they when it goes against teams because obviously it's so little margins. But I agree with Gary Neville when he says that it's no matter what the ruling is going to be, there's always going to be small margins. Whether you give yeah. like if you give a certain amount of leeway for the attacker, it's still going to be a mm. couple inches towards that leeway. So I think we just have to continue going by uh, this as objective as we can get, yeah. ruling of, of the lines and VAR. And, and I have to, I grip my teeth and go with it and, and, and say, fine, Kate off is offside. But a thing that not many are mentioning, if it's not, uh, if there's no VAR there, the flag goes up originally anyway. So it wouldn't have been given yeah. anyway. Well, but this is the thing, right? I found that I, 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 I believe it's more the law then the actual VAR's problem. It's more yes. than the referees. You can't blame them. It's the law that's the problem. And when you're saying there, you know, I, I, I can't understand. We had it with Che Adams. We, Southampton had it again against Villa with mm. that offside as well right at the end. This whole shirt sleeve debacle, it, I don't... They're marking offside on parts of the body which they can't score with. Yeah. And it's it, it's not it's nonsense to me. I don't get it. Like, and you're looking at, and, and especially, you know, people keep saying, "Is this really football anymore?" When they bring the lines out, I always, be, you know, VAR. They've always said it's for clear and obvious. How is that clear? How is it obvious when you're having to get these lines out, millimeter lines, to decide? Is is. Is is that his shirt sleeve? It almost feels like they're guessing with the offsides. That's what know. it feels like to me. They, I, don't, I, they don't 100% know. There's I'm going to give them ridiculous. I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt with the offsides. That's the one thing I'm going to let them off with because I do believe that they are marking to the shirt sleeve, to the armpit. And as ridiculous as that sounds, by the rules right now, that is a scoreable part of their body. So that is a place you can mark from. And and like I've just said, I think if if every goal like that is is marked the same, then fair play, everyone's against the same thing. Whereas for fouls and red cards and penalties, that's a much that's where clear and obvious is is meant to come in, which is a we'll get onto that uh, for the for, for the rest of these. Mm. Um, but I think it, the offside has to be done objectively. You can't pick and choose. I think that would that would create even more havoc. But there's been, but we saw ones like that Rodri one. We saw that Rodri one against which, Villa. Which, by the well, again, this is an, it's another case of the laws. Uh, uh, and that's a good. Uh, this is the one good thing I'll say about VAR is that VAR is is showing up loopholes in the laws that are, are gradually changing yeah. because of them. We've seen it with the the like, handballs like at the start like, of the season. Do you know what I feel like? You may as well not have linesmen and women on the pitch now. You may as well not bother. I, I was thinking that. What do they do? Like, it's just, it's literally they're literally it's stood giving there throws. as bystanders. It's giving throws and yeah, mentioning throw. sweet nothings for fouls near them. Yeah, exactly. They might go. They might flag for a foul that's yeah. literally right in front of them, or they might have missed it anyway. And they literally are there for throw-ins. I don't understand their purpose because literally every decision anyway it's is true. checked. So you may as well just. Go home and listen to the pod and have a lemon tea like me. <laughs> okay, that was only one game though. That was only one game this week, and we've already had that much to talk about. Yeah, Same night, Ar- <laughs> Arsenal versus Wolves. 
Um, David Louise sent off uh, for a last man uh, uh, stopping the the uh, yeah. last man threw on goal. It was uh, William Jose, I think, uh, threw on goal. Here's the thing: it's another case of fine, but the law's a joke, in my opinion. Yeah. Obviously, I was incensed when I saw this. The best half of football I'd seen from Arsenal this season. Uh, about to go into the break, one 0 up. Should have scored two or three, but that's by the by. Uh, and then. Just as the refs are bouncing both for, uh, for half time, through balls played, and Louise is caught off onside for William Jose. And then Louise's knee hits the studs of Jose, and he's down on the floor. Or, it, Ref- or is it Jose's studs hit Louise's knee? Exactly. And then, and the ref immediately walks, uh, Craig Porson immediately waltzes over, red card. You're out of here, mate. VAR check didn't take that long either. Um, I but and I I wanted to to look this up to see what the law was and and the the reason it was given is there was no uh, way he could win the ball there. And the law states whether it's accidental or not, if you take the man out without going for the ball, it's a red card. Yeah. So by the by the laws, it you're better off completely wiping the man out yeah then you are trying to get away and accidentally clipping well, it well but i mean i think the big the big thing is like you said there it it changed it changed the game completely completely killed completely our game completely changed the game penalty you don't know whether you like you just said there his knee hits jose's studs as jose goes to shoot or does his um does his studs hit david's knee you can't you, it it's you know you don't and you that, can't understand and now which I'm going to bring and now I'm going to bring another one in. We've also got the Salah penalty uh, in Liverpool Man City. But hold, but Jack, that Ben, uh, but what's oh, the, the Bednarek one? We've got ben three. We've got Bednarek, three side by side. That Bednarek one. Yeah. Right. Bednarek's appeal. That was it was cancelled. Yeah. Red card rescinded. Yeah. No issue. Why was David Louise not? I don't. Um, I don't get that. I think. I'm I'm trying to to be the devil's I, I, advocate, but I'm I can't struggling. Understand I I don't know how David... it's not been rescinded, but I I think the case they're going for is that Martial's was a dive, and Louise actually did make contact with him. I think that's what they've I, gone I for. I find it incredible. Yeah, I, I know. mean, I saw I saw that Louise one. I saw Twitter going absolutely crazy with it. I know. Had a look, and you just think, is this how soft the game has become? And then, like you said, you bring Mo Salah into the equation. Yeah. So. Salah's penalty, we didn't go into much detail with it. He gets pulled back by Ruben Diaz, who got caught out on the counter-attack. And uh, Salah goes down. Let's not beat around the bush here. Salah dives. But... He's gone down like he's been sniped. Yeah, but here's the thing. As crazy as this is in this game, you can dive and it still be a foul. If Mo Salah stays up there, it does hurt his chances of scoring. But... um. It's not enough to bring him down, but it still should be a penalty. The next question should be: if that's stopping a goal-scoring opportunity, shouldn't Ruben Diaz be sent off for a foul? Mm-hmm. I've looked it back, and as much as I want to claim a conspiracy against Arsenal, John Stones is there coming across, so there is more of a, an argument that it's not a full uh, one-on-one so goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, you'd have to watch it back for yourself. It's quite subjective, but John Stones is there. In in front of Diaz. For me, for me, for me, it was more about the contact, 
and I think it just you you were incensed. You were incensed by this. Yeah, I was. I was. I was. So, I was so wound up by yeah. it, and I'm not sure why. But I think it's just a fact of how soft the game has become. I think that's what's annoyed me so much. Mo Salah has been no, and people have, I know over the past year as well. People called out Harry Kane. People have called out Mo Salah for diving or going down really easy under contact. Yesterday was a prime example of just where the game just it just has lost any complete physicality whatsoever. If you look at Ruben Diaz, makes a mistake. He's alongside Mo Salah. It's the slightest. It's the slightest touch on his arm. It's not a. It's not a yank. He does. No, okay. He gra- He does grab for the shirt. That's not a full on. He does. Like, that, he goes that, for the grab, and he does pull the arm back. That grab is not going to l- cause you to lose all g- going in your. That's legs. what I mean. That's it's not, not enough to go to down. Fo- it's not and enough to go down at all. And I understand. I understand it. I understand that. If he doesn't, if he goes down, he has the opportunity to win his team a penalty. But it's sad that that amount of contact has caused, has created and caused that reaction from him to go down like he's just been absolutely wiped out. That's what incensed me. And for me, yeah. that is a dive. It was a dive, and I don't, be- I still don't believe it was a, it was a penalty. I don't believe it is. I think there, I think there is. We're in a world now in the Premier League where that is both a dive and a penalty for me. And and well, that's we disagree just, on that one. Yeah. Not, I'm not having that. I'm and then uh, Saturday morning, uh, early kickoff, Arsenal Villa. We've got two in this one. Uh, first half, um, Esri Concert takes down Saka on a potential run. Uh, was the last man, but was like 40, 50 yards from goal, hence why no red card was given. I think fair enough. Um, well, do you know what? Do you know what I, th- I thought about this one? This was a case for me of them. They show they don't consider who the player is, because it was, it, I, it was Bikayo Saka, wasn't it? Saka was the one was, that, was fouled, that was fouled. Yeah, but it's a foul by concept. Now, There's no Saka, way the four villains are catching caught. up. Yeah, Saka's not he's not being caught. But they almost imagine that it's like Toby Hib- Tony Hibbert <laughs> running through on goal, and it's like it, you know that's the thing. No offense yeah. to Tony, of course, but Tony isn't like Usain Bolt, no. so he could well have been caught. Bakayo Saka, you know, he's running straight through. So that was a classic case for me of them not understanding. Of them, it's almost like it's it's got to be clear a clear like view for all players and I thought it was close it was really close because I think the covering player was Matt Target and you saw he was about 40 yards the other side of the pitch and you think yeah. is he going to really catch up on the distance or is it going to be a one-on-one with Martinez I think if I, it was I, central in the in the pitch there would have been more of a chance it was out wide and 40 yards I also, as well. th- I also think that is a, it's a difficult one for a ref yeah. to decide that because each side is going to have a viewpoint yeah. if you send him off you're going to be going, whoa, is that definitely a last man? How do you know that? And if he's not, you have people going, whoa, that's ridiculous. It's all, it's such a tricky one. It's yeah. A well, I didn't, oh, that was one I didn't feel too hard done by. One I was a bit more annoyed about was uh, our old our old lad, <laughs> Emmy Martinez, yanking yeah. down Alex Lacazette in the box. Yeah. I think this is a prime example of keepers being overprotected at times in the Premier League. Um, they get a lot... They get a lot more fouls than they deserve, and they oh, keepers get away with a lot. And they get away with a lot of fouls they should be given away, like this. Um, 
the the referees claiming or the the statement afterwards is claiming that Lacazette uh, is also involved in the contact on Martinez when the contact it's very, is definitely well, it's, very it's, the, the it's majority, definitely started by a yank from Martinez. Oh well, well Martinez basically drags him to the ground. He's given him an over the arm throw. I com- judo I completely throw. Agree, I completely agree with you as well that keepers do seem to be protected at times. A lot of the time they're protected, especially you see it on corners as well. Any pressure that they might be put under, the slightest touch, go down, win the foul. It's been known for years. But no, this one, I think as well, I think in the Match of the Day coverage, I can't remember who said it, somebody, uh, one of the pundits on Match of the Day seemed to say, like, uh, Lacazette, like, you know, um, was jostling with Martinez and almost he insinuated the contact. It was him who was actually, you know, the one who um, was doing all of it. Uh, the video coverage, the TV coverage suggested otherwise. <laughs> I think Martinez. I think Martinez was very lucky with that one. I really do. I think when you actually see it back with the grab, definitely more of a grab than there was on, say, Salah, for example, in that instance. Yeah. So, I mean, um, last bit on Arsenal. We we can't we couldn't I can't skate past the Wolves game before without mentioning the Leno red. I mean, there's no debate on this one. But what on earth is he thinking? As quick as we can. I mean, what was no, he thinking? I mean, his, his head loss. We're talking about keepers this week. What was he thinking? No, exactly. I mean, I suppose what were you thinking as an Arsenal fan? I, I, to know that then you, you back up Matt Ryan. Or, or was it Runnison? Runnison came on, didn't he? That man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't speak. I prefer not to speak about that, man. Move on. Move but, on. But yeah, I, it's the first time in, in months I've, I've walked out... <laughs> of the room watching an Arsenal game as soon as I see him as soon as I see him storm out and punch the ball out I was like I'm out I'm yeah, yeah that's it Turn game's TV done off, okay yeah. last one as quick as we possibly can with this one the, yes I, uh, we put a poll out to uh, on the uh, pick that one out Twitter at PTTO pod as to what the worst uh, VAR howler was this week and by a landslide it was this one Thomas Salchek sent off at the end of West Ham nil Fulham nil for raising his arm just raising his arm. It was Mitrovic falls shit. down like anything and then acts the good guy and says it's not a red card. I've not seen anything like it, Jack. I really haven't. Um, I've got here what? an explanation. Um, or a, an attempted explanation from, and this is uh, Dale Johnson, at Dale Johnson ESPN uh, on Twitter. Really good for stuff like VAR, good at roundups and, and mm-hmm. uh, what the VAR and the referee have to, to decide. And he, he says this, he says, um, it's it's mainly Lee Mason's fault. He's the one that's egging on Mike Dean to to give the red. Um, yeah. the, the law is it has to be violent conduct unless the force used was negligible. Everyone knows the force used was negligible and he's not meant it. There's no yeah. way Salchik's meant to elbow him on the head. He's literally no. raising his arm to claim to the ref or to claim to... Uh, the the free kick taker to aim to him or whatever it was. There's no way he's meant mm. to be on the head, but Lee Mason's decided that it was uh, violent conduct on purpose because, and I quote, he had a clenched fist. It's it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It's one of the most embarrassing decisions there's been um, in recent years for me, and especially the fact that you can, you it's no longer now just down to the ref to decide that that you've got somebody replaying that numerous times on a TV monitor, it sends Mike Dean to look at the monitor. And as soon as Dean goes to decide, look, as soon as Dean goes to look, you know he's getting sent off. 
Oh no, because Dean loves it. and this is the thing. So many people say it. Former players say it as well that they don't like Mike Dean because he is. There is an arrogance. There is a. There seems to be this fact of loving controversy. We've seen it in recent years with decisions he's made, and it's and it was embarrassing. And I watched it with one of my housemates. Yeah. And she doesn't she doesn't watch football regularly, and I showed her the um, Suchek. Um, red card on Twitter as well yeah. when there was like it was being flooded on social media and everyone was going this is absolutely ridiculous how he's been sent off I showed it to her again and and the first thing she said was well he's just moving his arm isn't he to get out of the way of that guy and if somebody can see that who doesn't regularly watch football how on earth yeah. are Premier League referees it's, with that it's amount crazy. of experience still making those calls it was embarrassing that has to be appealed it has to it's, I can confirm this morning it has been overturned and rescinded already well thank goodness for that because genuinely it, it, and but how many how many of these decisions are going to be made Mike Dean in the space of what five days yeah has two red cards two rescinded decisions yeah. he's made rescinded at what point are they going you need you need a cup you need a week or two off the list off the refs list get get it together because generally yeah. how many how many mistakes are you going to keep making yeah and then all of a sudden it's down to the fa to then clean up the mess and go oh goodness me right another mike mike dean-esque moment ridiculous uh before we wrap up with uh the predictions have you got any yes. f- uh, famous ref experiences at like sunday league roots level um ref moments i mean i remember playing when i was much younger when i was yeah. playing at stratford I remember um, we had a ref. His name was Fred. I just remember his name was Fred. Informal. And he was nicknamed. He was coined Big Fat Fred, which obviously, you know, classic youth humour, the classic. And um, I remember <laughs> it was one of those, you saw Fred turn up to ref the game. And this was when I was about maybe 10. And you're thinking, oh, for God's sake. And you just knew that you're in for a tough one because there was going to... He, he was gonna do. He was gonna make a clown moment at some point. You, he was gonna get away with it. And I remember there was one point in particular where the ball went out for a throw in. I went to take the throw in, and I was um, I was wearing gloves. And as I picked the ball up, the ball slipped out of my hands back onto the pitch as I go to take the throw in. So I go onto the pitch, pick the ball up again, and he goes, foul throw, handball, <laughs> free kick to the other team. I went what? And he's going, I saw you, I saw you take it, and I went, hold on. I picked up the ball and it slipped out of my hands. How on earth is that like that? There's no throw-in. And he's going, no, play it. Uh, watch yourself. You get. It. I might have to. I might have to tell you to take five minutes off because this is when I was about ten as well. I weren't yeah. giving out yellow cards or anything. Like that. Might have to give you. I'm literally stood there like looking around at the manager. Like, is this actually happening? Is this man actually watching what I'm watching? And um, so, Big Fat Fred was a classic. A classic ref who you could always rely on for a bit of drama in a game. Yeah. And I remember another one as well, which I suppose I could partially blame myself for. We're playing a game, away game, and before, I remember before the match, the manager said to me, "Nobody." He said to me and the team, "Just nobody give any fouls away. No one do anything to incense the ref, as he's going to love giving a yellow card." And I thought. He doesn't even know this ref. So either he's a psychic or he's, he, he clearly can just look at someone and go, he's, you know he's given a yellow card. And I remember um player runs into the box, cuts past me, and he goes down. And ref goes penalty. 
and I'm like, I've not touched him, ref. I'm, and the ref's going to penalty. And I think he's given it for a, a diver against me. And I'm incensed, but I'm going, ref, you're an actual joke. Like, what on earth are you doing? I've not touched him. Now, at this point, my friend and fellow centre-half, Fred's, is saying absolutely... He's saying he's just telling me to shut up. And I think it's because, like... But I can't let it go. And I'm going, ref, you're an actual joke at this game. Like, how on earth have you just let this dive happen? So the ref, like my manager predicted, he obviously he obviously knew what was happening as I get a yellow card mm. in front of my dad. Bad decision. He oh, wasn't no. very impressed. But what I didn't realise was the foul wasn't given against me. Fred's, who was stood behind me, had actually fouled this guy, but then just proceeded not to tell me at all whatsoever that it wasn't me. So I spent all this time going for the ref and Fred's is there going to shut up, Will, knowing because he'd given the foul. Well, you could have mentioned it to me, Fred's, because uh, I wouldn't have had that 10 quid fine otherwise, that little tickler. So no, for me, that those are two stories from um, the Sunday league days where, yeah, you, you always knew. I would always look for... If you knew you had the same ref, if you could recognise the ref, you were thinking, oh, we're yeah. in for a tough one. I've got, I've got one. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but uh, this is... Uh, so... We, there was there was one ref in our league that was known for all he would do not for ninety minutes was watch the ball and nothing else. He was infatuated okay. with the ball. And he would never look at anything else. Corner. Uh, so I'm I'm coming up from centre back here. Uh, the biggest aerial threat on the pitch. I don't mind saying. And the defender on me is behind me. I've all, I'm always getting goal side. The defender's yeah. behind me and he's digging his uh, boots into my heels and I'm going ref you've Ooh, got to have a look at this and he's going, he's going he's going just watch it lads just watch it doesn't even look at us he just goes well just watch it <laughs> he's waiting for the corner <laughs> to come in <laughs> and I go and I give him a swift uh, stamp on the toe he goes down uh, he goes down hollering I go and score from the corner and the ref gives it ref's fine with it didn't see oh, didn't see rip. a second of it so really, if anything, you're actually quite happy. He dug the he dug the studs into your heel, as then it's you know that you can play around with that. Ref. The way I see it, it's karma, right? I mean, their manager, <laughs> their, their manager was absolutely livid. <laughs> but um, all's well that ends well, am I right? Absolutely, definitely. Like this podcast, Jack. Of course, and uh, speaking of all's well that ends well, the predictions. We scored some points last week. Yeah, we, actually, we were we under actually pressure. scored some points. It was. It well, was this two, is why we tried. It was two two going into last week after two weeks, which is embarrassing. Uh, yeah. This week, a four three thriller in favour of you, which means the scores currently is uh, I'm on five, you're on six after Ooh. after three weeks. Finally, Ooh. getting some tension in these predictions. Uh, te- okay. Tension will continue with three big. Games here Saturday afternoon. I'm yeah. going to let you start here. Leicester okay. City, Liverpool at the King Power. Yeah. Um, well, we spoke. We've spoken already today about um, not letting this snowball for Liverpool um, and their current form. I think it's going to continue. I really? think Leicester are going to grab a victory. I'm going to go two-one Leicester. Um, I just I think at the moment I know they've obviously got a nil nil draw against Wolves, mm-hmm. but everybody was going on about this title decider between City and Liverpool. Almost forgot that sort of where yeah. Leicester are uh, and United as well. 
So no, for me, I'm I'm going to go Leicester on this one home victory, and I'm going to go Harvey Barnes to score. I've been really impressed with him this season, and also I I backed him once before, and he didn't deliver. So I'm oh, hoping okay. uh, I'm hoping seven, the second time comes in. Now every time I predicted a Leicester game, I've gone two two, never come off. I think one time it was. So a what draw. are you going to do? You're gonna... I'm really I was really tempted because my first initial <laughs> reaction was do two. Do it? Two. Why not? <laughs> my my initial reaction was two two. I, I'm thinking draw, and if I'm thinking draw, I may as well go for it. Am I right? So yeah, I'll go. I'll go two two, um, and I think it's the return. Vardy loves the big six. He got a few. He got some minutes against Wolves. I'm saying he's yeah. bagging here at the KP. Okay. Two two for me. Okay, Man City Tottenham Saturday evening. Tottenham getting a win back was against West Brom. West Brom contractually obliged to concede two plus games every week. So I don't yeah, know how much it really goals. means. Soft, yeah, soft goals. Um, so they go against Man City. Of course, on raging form. Here's, here's one stuck though. Tottenham, especially Mourinho Tottenham, they love it against City. And Son always seems to score against them. But Man City mm. don't like conce- look like conceding if it's not from a pen. So I'm conflicted. Oh, I'm going to go 2-1 City. Because he always okay. scores against them, I'm going to go him and Son. Okay, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to go 3-1 City. Okay. I just think City looks one way too strong. They looked way too strong for Liverpool yesterday. Spurs as well. Like you say, they got the win against West Brom, but still there are serious question marks over them. I know that Harry Kane was back and you know he, he scored, but he arguably should have had two or three yeah. the amount of chances that he had. Um, I think here at the Etihad, I'm going to go 3-1 City. Yeah, uh, too strong for him. And I'm going to go Riyad Mahrez to score. I don't know why. Okay. When I was just thinking about this, just... For some reason, Riyad Mahrez just came okay. just came into my head, so I'm going to go with that. I'm just going that's to, the gut instinct. Go with the hunch. Best, so Follow yeah, the hunch. Yeah, that's fair. Follow the hunch. Yeah, every every uh, bookie's favourite son. Um, this, this is what I do with predictions. Just follow the hunch. There yeah. is no. There is what no. Is it? I'm, I'm going to point this out. I don't want to devalue the predictions, but <laughs> every single week. We do the predictions before I've thought about it, and I go off the instinct, and then throughout the week I'll go through like the stats I've collected and think, yeah, actually yeah. it's probably going to be that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a probably a poor choice. Yeah. But anyway, last one: Arsenal Leeds yeah. on Sunday. Because this, I mean, this could be anything, couldn't it? The way Leeds play, Arsenal. Uh, something we've realised now is we're such mm. a confidence team that yeah. once we got that win against you, we looked unstoppable for three weeks, and then. The uh, whatever happened against Wolves happened, and you think most teams would come off that red card, think we played so well in that first half, we should have won, get fired up, and then we concede in a minute to, to Aston Villa and, and lose that one as well. With, with that yeah. sort of team, that mentality That's team, the, yeah, that drop off leads somehow the game at Ellen Road was nil nil. Don't ask me how I've watched it thinking, and they should have scored two or three, we should have scored at least one or two. I have absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea for this one. I'm gonna say two one Arsenal, but I don't feel confident with that at all. Well, you're backing your team, which I'm is backing nice. us. I feel like you have to sort of back your team in a way, which is probably why when a few weeks ago in the first predictions I backed Leicester to beat us. So clearly, fair I, play. I, clearly I yeah, I'm going. It. I'm going Arsenal two leads one, and I'm okay. gonna go for. So I'm going for Saka, pacey and behind. I think Leeds okay. could get caught out by him. Okay. 
So it's a game well, that sort of suits him, I think, if he's playing on the I wing. think there's going to be goals. I really do. I think the yeah, way Leeds play, about. there's going to be goals. Leeds, you know, I've, and I have my issues with watching Leeds. I've, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. But they are entertaining. They do give you entertain, to entertaining games. We saw it against Everton. Um, we saw it the week before against Leicester as well. Yeah. Um, I think this. I think I'm going to go two all in this. I'm going to go two yeah, all. Yeah, that's draw. fair. And I'm going to back Jack Harrison to score. And I love the reason that. I'm backing, do you know why? I love that prediction. Do you know why? It's because previously I put a bet on Jack Harrison. I said. I said to you, predictions wise. It was we were going to do Newcastle Leeds. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah. you went, and yeah. you went. No, no, we'll change the prediction. Uh, like pre-match, out yeah. of nowhere, I hadn't thought about it. And what happens in that Newcastle game? Jack Harrison scored. So I'm going I mean, to go do, Jack do Harrison I, to score. I mean, I'm kind of tempted to live up to the gimmick and just on uh, do an audible and, yeah, and yeah, change yeah. the game right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll pro- yeah you'll probably tomorrow when you release the pod you'll probably then I've go. Dubbed in a new, We've new dubbed game. in, <laughs> and I'm I do an impression of you for your prediction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah you record yeah just give a really weird impression and be like I think it's going to be. <laughs> uh, I, so there you go, female predictions. I'm confident with precisely none of them, and I'm sure when I do like predictions well, we've got on points on the board, so we've got to, we've, we've got, got points on we've got now. you know. We can, we can be adventurous this week now. We've we got the points on We can actually there. do something. So, yeah, we've got to keep it going. We've got to keep so, it, we'll see uh, keep if we moving. can carry on that form into into next week. Absolutely. And before we come to a close, uh, we are still a new podcast. I'd like to remind everyone to check out the rest of our platforms. Uh, if you're on YouTube and you've not subscribed, liked, hit the bell, all that business, why have you not? Do it. Yeah, do well, it now. Even if you're on Spotify, on head over to YouTube, subscribe. Maybe you'll have some free time and think, maybe I want to watch them this week. Maybe that's I want to see their faces while they're giving out what about do they Mike look Dean. Like? Mm. Exactly. Um, Watch me drink this lemon tea. <laughs> I'm sure they're hearing you. I'm worried about this edit. I'm sure there's going to be many bounces oh, really? next to the mic. Oh really? No, not the slurping. I'm worried about the banging next to the mic. I mean, oh, people really? might. I'm hoping people can give me a review, uh, maybe, Ooh. and let me know if that is a thing. We'll see. Oh, um, dear. Follow us on Twitter. We had a poll out this week. You can uh, give your thoughts as well in any uh, comments on. Any potential highlights that go up there as well at PTTOPod. Will, you're not going to believe this. There is a TikTok. When this is out, there is a TikTok on the TikTok at Pick That One Out Pod. <laughs> one of the highlights has made it onto TikTok. You won't believe it. I did claim that the only reason I was saving it was to do multiple. Turns out the way I want to do them, they're going to take longer than I thought. So it's <laughs> one on there. Well, I'm going to have to download TikTok now. Yeah, I'm going to I actually mean, have to download it to see. If you follow our uh, Twitter, there's a, a link to our link tree as well uh, in the in our profile, which has links to everything relevant to pick that one out. Uh, Will Breakfast Club, give it a rating for us. Let's get that lead table firing with this lemon tea and marble cake combo. I'm going to go 5 out of 10 today. Half really? It's topping the it? Lemon, I wasn't expecting it. The lemon tea was an easy drink. Okay. It was a nice temperature. Problem was this sawdust of a cake. Mm. Oh, poor whatever her name was. Alexandra, was it? Yeah, it was. I don't want to... She might listen in. <laughs> you know, she's not here, Coach. She might listen to the pod. Who knows? Yeah. But cake it has had a couple of days out. Uh, hasn't been kept in a dry storage place like should be with cake. Very dry, could be mm. used as a doorstop, door wedge, or even um, as uh, a brick for a house. Nice. So, yeah, this is going to be 
um, given to the birds outside who may like marble cake, they may not. But I'm going to go 5 out of 10. Okay, it's, it's a table topper. The bar is very low three weeks into Breakfast Club. We'll see if you can prove <laughs> it next week. These talk sport uh, members, they need to start getting better breakfast, I'm saying. Well, the, they, to be fair, the, the, the cake brought it down. Yeah, Hawksby's been robbed here. Uh, <laughs> so that is full time on episode three. Thank you for joining me, Will. It's a goodbye from the both of us. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Okay.